Hey, everybody, and welcome. This is Bob. And today, I, you know what? I should have asked you this while we were just chatting, but you just want to go by Ben? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because uh, on your email, I have your last name, but I won't use it uh, just for your own anonymity. I appreciate and I, that. I know you, uh, <laughs> you got your glasses on. And what have you got on your hat there? You got like a, it, is that duct tape? Yep. Yep, that's my okay. secret weapon. I, I grab a hat that I like, uh, regardless of style. I cover up the logo, and now it's my own hat. Oh, okay, and then you're, you're all emblazoned with your NASA shirt today, oh, yeah. which you kind know, of yeah, fits into I'm the motif. Frequent, I'm a frequent flyer in the stratosphere, so uh, <laughs> you know, I, got my, I got my patches for, uh, for flight miles. And uh, so, yeah, I got my little, my little button. And, uh, <laughs> so, and yeah. your American flag and all kinds of good stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, because patriotic as fuck, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if that's throw pillows in the background or what the deal is. Oh damn it! I forgot. Yes, my bed's a mess. Oh, that's a, I didn't. I just I thought you had like some kind of weird throw pillow thing going on. I mean, there is a weird fluffy throw pillow back there uh, on top of the regular average non-fluffy pillow. Oh, okay. It's a variety. <laughs> well, that's fine. I didn't realize it was even a bed. I thought it was yep. just some kind of couch with a bunch of throw pillows on it. It's whatever. Uh, let your imagination wander. Okay. Whatever you and like. You have to be. a fantastic a background. Bag chair, whatever you want it to be, Bob. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the background is fantastic uh, with uh, all these uh, albums. Uh, I think that you're trying to mimic that album that Carl Sagan helped put into space, the gold album with the little <laughs> naked people on it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yes. Yes. Minus <laughs> the naked people. That's exactly what I was going for. And, the, you know, the where we're at in the solar system and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but, exactly. uh, it, if folks don't know, uh, Ben is the host of the uh, increasingly popular, given the stories these days, UFO No podcast. And actually, look, I, I asked you, and I'll put it up on the screen there, ufonopodcast.net. Indeed. Uh, and he says he just redid the website. So if you don't like it, uh, you got to wait a little while before he redoes it again. So. As I've said, it's a brand new website. Smells like a new car. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, that'd be interesting. That'd be a, a scratch and sniff for your website. Yes, that would be an interesting yes. development, I think. Bob, let's develop it. Yeah. I think that people would like that. that that'll yeah. be the, um, for the new iP uh, iPhone add-on. You stick it onto the new USB-C port, and then yes. it'll emit sounds or smells for each uh, website when you scratch the screen. You scratch That's right. Your screen. That's right. If you want to smell an alleyway in New York, it's your lucky day. <laughs> it's your lucky day. UFO No Podcast smells like urine and garbage. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> Whatever what, your flavor is, man, we got it. That's what New York smells like when I was there, at least. It smelled like <laughs> urine never and been garbage. There, so I take your word for it. Oh, yeah. No, we were. I, I had never been. My wife was, had been a couple times and was excited for me to go. And I went and I'm like, this smells like piss and garbage. Why would you enjoy this so much? But uh, I think she takes different, uh, you know, joys out of going there than I did, perhaps. So it, there's people that are able to ignore a lot of negatives to simply enjoy the positives, and so yeah, I, that's kind of what you got to do in these places. I guess so. I, yeah. I was I was just because we were there during a garbage strike too, so that didn't. Oh happen. wow! Yeah, you picked a good time. For <laughs> Yeah, One of the many garbage strikes that happened in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Ben is part of he he's the founder and uh, host of UFO No. 
and and I've had the the pleasure of, of uh, being on there at least uh, once twice. or twice Go now, on. twice now, yeah, uh, to talk about all things UFO. Now. I want to talk about that, but in a minute. So we got to go back a little bit. So let's go to, you know, uh, young Ben. And why did he decide to start recording things? Because I know you have a show prior, at least one show prior to UFO. No. So what was your, you know, progression to say, you know what? I need to be heard. And so I need to start doing this. Yeah, well, I was, I got, I continuously was told, you are an opinionated asshole. And I, uh, that's the I, next show he's going to put out. Absolutely. It's my band name. And, uh, so I, I just, you know, I kept seeing these podcasters who, in my opinion, were opinionated assholes. And, uh, I thought, well, shit, I can do that. You know, yeah. I can, of all the things, you know, I can't dance, I can't do any of that shit, but I can talk shit. And so, uh, I was like, well, man, you know, why, why can't I have a podcast? I mean, I kind of look at it like pirate radio, you know, where, uh, you know, if you have something to say, fi find the easiest way to do it and, and do that. So I can't play instruments. I can't sing. Uh, so I use my voice in other ways. And that's to pick on uh, the UFO community and um, and, you know, and also just highlight cool people. But uh, but yeah, basically it started from that. I mean, I just had a lot of opinions about uh, conspiracies and aliens and whatnot and uh, enough people that were in my daily life were like shut up already and uh that i said fine i'll find an outlet and weirdos just like me and uh, so i took to the internet <laughs> i love how your voice goes up whenever you're doing your self uh affirmation there <laughs> yeah well you know i'll find people that just want to listen to this <laughs> that's right that's right that's right that's you know, a slight voice. lisp yeah. There's always a slight lisp in all that. <laughs> That's right, exactly. They'll love what I have to say. Well, it's there's almost like a Sylvester involved in your inner voice. Always, <laughs> That's just the way it is, you know. Whether yeah. So you was well, so hey, that's a, actually that's just a quick aside. You have an inner voice, do you? I, oh, it's certainly many, numerous. Yeah. Yeah, oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's not uh, necessarily the most uh, common thing for people. Did you know that? No, it's, it, you know, in my head, it's like Nam. We don't bother naming the newbies because they go away so fast. You know, we call them FNGs. They're gone two days later. Um, it's just a quick turnaround. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, there's so many people in the world, apparently, and I didn't even realize this. This was brought to my attention not that long ago because I just assumed that everybody had an uh, internal monologue going on. Yeah. But apparently that's not, uh, I mean, it's like 50-50 or 60-40 or something like that. I think people are lying. You think so? Yes. You're telling well, me that I, I don't believe that for a moment. I think people are lying for these polls because they don't want to sound crazy. You, really? Yes. Because <laughs> I've looked into the eyes of many a, a clerk at a store, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's no monologue going on there. Well, They're just in a, living a life of pain you, you, and standing the there, you know, taking your uh, – <laughs> sweaty foot dollars that you pull out of your shoe in the summertime and getting you a, you know, a drink, a Gatorade or what have you. Let me tell you something, Bob, as somebody who's working customer service for a number of years prior to this, I can tell you that, uh, that dead in the eyes look, it, it's not truly dead. Okay. Oh, it's okay. just that we have stifled our hatred. You know, we have been, we, we've gotten so it's acting, it's acting. <laughs> 
Really? Oh, a thousand percent. It is acting. So, so that dead inside look is because if we didn't look dead inside, we'd be either look severely angry or we'd look happy, which is even worse, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's just, it's that, that is acting purely and simple. Well, I, I, this is all revelation. You're already this revelatory, and we're only in the first, you know, ten minutes here. That's right. Because right. I would, I go to the store or go wherever. It doesn't matter where it's at, right? Yeah. And one of my goals is always to try to make that person behind the counter, behind the till, or whatever, to make them laugh somehow. Yes. yes. By saying something, you know, off the wall, or you know, some kind of weird comment. And I mean, my hit rate is very low sometimes. I mean, it's, and so I'm assuming that either they don't want to be, you know, they don't yeah. want to participate in my nonsense uh, or, you know, there's just nothing going on. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's really I mean, kind look, of sad some way. I mean, maybe in your area, I, I get you. I mean, definitely there, there are those people that are truly dead inside. There's the awkward ones that really just, they have no idea how, how to have a conversation you know, then there's the other people that they see so much crummy human behavior. They don't even know how to respond to positive uh, humor. You know, it's so it, it's it's almost a foreign language <clears throat> in that mm. space. You know what I mean? I guess. I guess I'm going to yeah. keep trying, though. So you I, should I was, never, never give up, Bob. Never I was. Uh, well, I, unfortunately, I can't because it's compulsive behavior. But uh, the. Uh, but that's why i kind of bought into this whole inner monologue situation because i'm like i'm like well yeah it makes sense to me i think everybody talks to themselves i truly do i truly do i mean they might not talk to themselves the way that we all talk like like some of us talk to ourselves Mm -hmm. but i definitely it's hard for me to imagine that there isn't some form of inner monologue going on you know Mm -hmm. i mean it's it just uh i don't know man well, I think I, I think you have a you need to put that on your questionnaire whenever people come on. You, hey, uh, do you have an inner monologue? I am just, absolutely. Just see if anybody said. Just see if anybody says no. Yeah. Do you have schizophrenia tendencies? Do you you know multiple well, personality maybe. disorder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just start doing the health. Question. It is hereditary, so. Oh, I yeah, believe me. I know. <laughs> So you decided that uh, you decided you wanted to do this podcast because basically everybody else is telling you to shut the fuck up and you're like, yeah. no, never. Exactly. Well, it, 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 you know, as you had mentioned, I had another podcast before and that was uh, called The Beginner's Guide to Cannabis. And uh, I think so, that would have been a pretty profitable one. You probably should keep that one oh, going. Well, the hard part is. The hard part is like I don't share a lot of the same values with that demographic. So it would have been very counterproductive for me to stay Mm. in that format Um, simply because like, you know, really the only thing I have in common with other stoners these days is the fact that they're stoners. I mean, otherwise, (laughs) there's very little else I agree with them on. In fact, they they almost exclusively annoy the shit out of me. And so. Mm. My thing was, is I was really trying to like teach people who are new to it. I, I worked in cannabis before all this. Um, and uh, and so I, I ran into a lot of people that kept saying, I just need a beginner's guide to this. Mm. I need a, a manual. And I didn't see any. There was a lot of manuals out there for growing. You know, there was a lot of stuff like that. But when it came to actually applying cannabis to your personal situation, mm. there was very little uh, information out there. So my endeavor was to try and educate people on how to use use cannabis better, how to kind of 
get away from the the stupid ass nature of the culture that that exists now that's all party 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 and there's very little knowledge um so really it was that was my endeavor but it just wasn't fun bob it just was oh, not fun i mean it I, wasn't, I didn't okay I, I didn't have fun doing it you know it was it was like i felt so much pressure and stress and i was always angry because it's like <laughs> You know, the cannabis industry has got kind a lot of, a, of bullshit. Kind of against the whole cannabis uh, lifestyle. And there, so, yeah. exactly. So it was it was not conducive for me. I don't think it was conducive for an audience because anybody I was talking to, I was basically preaching to. And uh, and I, I didn't I didn't like that. And so instead, this topic, I knew enough to get into it, but I didn't know enough to feel jaded by it. I mean, mm -hmm. until recently. And so... <laughs> um, so now it's, it's, I get to explore a wide range of topics under this banner that I wouldn't have been able to do had I stuck with the cannabis podcast. Oh, and so that's really my thing is this is far more fun and therapeutic for me. And now with my job, cause I have a little CBD shop, I get to preach to people all day about cannabis. So it's oh, like, okay. I don't have to necessarily have the podcast directed for that. And, and again, I needed an outlet that was that was more fun and more therapeutic for me as well. It's very selfish, you know. <laughs> no, well, no, but I think that's what this is all about. If if nothing else, uh, in the uh, in the 2000s, internet culture is nothing but selfish. Yeah, yeah. It's all about being selfish and giving everyone the tools to be extremely selfish. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And so, yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, I don't know that there, anybody has coined that yet, but yeah, we certainly are in the selfish age yeah. uh, of, oh, of internet so. culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so edibles versus smokables, what's your stance? Uh, well, as I say all the time, there's no easy answer to anything. So I'll break it down mm -hmm. simply like this. There's a lot of shit that goes into both. You know, you have pesticides that are riddled in the smoking. Mm -hmm. Then you have a lot of sugar and, and junk that's put into the edibles. So what I usually tell people is skip all that and ask for RSO. And it stands for Rick Simpson oil. You're not going to smoke it. Uh, you are going to technically kind of eat it. You're putting it in your mouth. You're allowing your all the glands in your mouth to absorb it, throw it in the bloodstream. You're going to get much faster results than the two to four hour delay in edibles. You're going to get in 20, 30 minutes. Um, and you can dose more appropriately, you know, 10 milligrams of THC that can be high, but with, you want some CBD in there and stuff, you know, for the healing and all that. And so anyway, so, um, I definitely say edibles, but I say, make your own. Oh, okay. So you're, your you're like, make your own pot brownies or what have you. Yeah. Whatever it is that you want, because you can ensure the product doesn't have extra shit in it that you don't need. You know, if you have cancer, which a lot of people are taking cannabis for cancer, well, sugar feeds cancer cells. So you don't want to be eating a bunch of sugar, you know, which right. is what you're going to get when you go into the pot shop and you get uh, edibles. It's all in, in gummies and, you know, chocolates and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you eat the, the rosin by its or the resin by itself, the distillate, which is really what they're making it out of as well, um, then you're you're skipping all that filler and you're going straight for the product. And so all, all I, killer, no filler in the in the case of that. Uh, correct. At least much less. You yeah. know, and so so then in that case you can dose. I usually recommend, you know, a, a grain of rice size on the finger, on the bottom of the teeth. Um, let that sit in your mouth for about a two minutes or so, and uh, you'll you should get results within 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> You'll get results, but results may vary. That's right. Take two. Call me in the morning. 
so so basically you're rather than uh going through the digestive system to get into the blood or Correct. going through your lungs to get into the blood you're going straight into the uh gum uh i the guess sublingual the capillaries and the blood or in the gums and everything yep. to go right yep. in there exactly yeah because your oh, mouth has a ton of receptors that go directly to yeah. the bloodstream so yeah so you're skipping all that so anyone with digestion issues you're going to get diminished results with uh with uh with edibles so this helps anybody with copd asthma any type of issues where you can't smoke it it fixes that so literally it fits any demographic that you can imagine and not only that you're going to get potency out of it and then you can dose it better so you can take that grain of rice size you're getting five to ten milligrams per dose um so you can dose very appropriately and you don't have to worry about getting overly blasted ending up on mars by accident because <laughs> you know, that yeah, that's always the that's always the problem with the edibles is people just eat the candy bar like it's a candy bar. Yes. And uh, you're supposed to just take a, a square or something. And uh, the next thing you know, you've like ate two of these candy bars and you're, you know, out of your gourd with this. Stuff, oh, yeah. So. I've gotten a number of calls at 1030 at night from people going, I feel like I'm going to die. And it's yeah. like, I promise you, you're not going to die. You just need to go to sleep, breathe. You know, you're really, really high. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, well, what I, that's what gets people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I constantly, again, preach about, um, about, you know, dosing appropriately. Take five mm. milligrams at a time. Don't go for the 10 at a time. Don't, even if you're, you think you're not a lightweight, you can't take that shit back. You know, mm. you're, you're on the ride at that point. So if you dose slower and you you uh, move up slower, as they say, uh, low and slow, then uh, you're more likely to pinpoint your appropriate dose and have a much better time than if you try and take too much and and uh, ride the tiger. Wow, look at, we're learning all kinds of stuff today. Get out! Oh yeah, now. yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I tell a lot of people. Look, if you want to, if you want to get high better or you want to feel better with cannabis, I'm your guy. <laughs> Doctor, feel good. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's so you, so you, but do you still have those shows out for people to download I mean, or no? You can go find the beginner's guide to cannabis. I think I went yeah. to like, I don't even remember episode 20 something. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I gave up oh, okay. But yeah, they're out there. I mean, you know, I was, I was uh, put a lot of good information out there, but it just, again, it was not a, it, there were no like real happy. I had to like force myself to go and collect happy stories in order to counterbalance mm. all the negative shit that was going on yeah. in the industry and all that. It's just a mess. It's just a mess. And yeah, so again, well, yeah. I think with the, just with the regulation comes headaches. The yeah. bureaucracy of, of this is, is a nightmare. Well, and not only that, but then you have just the lack of care within the industry to even make an effort to be healthy, make an effort to be knowledgeable, make an effort to be more knowledgeable than just, oh, dabs and the keywords and all that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's no, it's like, how do you apply this to health if you don't know health? Right. Yeah. It, and that's the it, biggest thing that gets me is the, all these shops fly a banner of health, but yet you walk in, they don't, they can't, they can't even say fibromyalgia, let alone walk you through <laughs> what to be able to do when you have fibromyalgia. If you have it or. Oh my uh, God. It's unreal. You're going to talk to, to queef with the, with the, uh, the dreads and the lensless glasses. <laughs> Fuck you, man. You know, you're a waste of space, dude. You know, it's like, and they, they give horrible advice. As you can see, this is why I don't have that show. <laughs> you could because, be the, you could call yourself the pot preacher. Oh, and, dude. Uh, 
Oh, dude. I mean, I literally <laughs> ran myself out of a job when I was in the cannabis industry because I would sit there at a store going, this is all poison. Poison. You know, because it's all got, it's riddled with pesticides. It's riddled Well, they're, they're basically, it's to make money. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, unfortunately, making money doesn't always coincide with doing yeah. things correctly or yeah, exactly. in, in the best interest of everyone. I'll put it yeah. that way. I got an old school hippie heart, man. And so for yeah. me, you know, as much as I hoped and prayed for exactly what's going on in the U.S. with with free access, not free, but access to mm. cannabis for the average person, it's the most disgusting, deplorable aspects have taken over the industries in almost wow. every state. Yeah. I think that that's what happens everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the first, uh, you know, food vendors were probably totally disgusting. They're brushing maggots off and giving it to you. They still <laughs> yeah. do that today uh, yeah. in between visits from the health department. Exactly. But, uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. But now at least we have a health department that, that comes by every once in a while to get them to, to clean everything up. So, yeah. Yeah. And Washington and, and, state, like to use an example, because I'm right on a border state for uh, I'm in Idaho, Washington's mm -hmm. like four miles away from us. And uh, uh, they have almost no regulation on pesticide testing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like really crazy. You can go in and pick up a package of, of cannabis and you can find it says pesticides not tested. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's scary shit, man. It's covered in Roundup. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, it makes it grow. <laughs> which is which is uh is poison to people, but we yeah. still use yeah. it uh quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh and when you're trying to make read weight, about Roundup. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to make weight, you're trying to sell product, all of a sudden the bottom line becomes more important than the health aspect, and it just oh, goes yeah. on and on. And now that's just the absolute trend. It's just that's the way it is. It's all about marketing, it's not about health. Oh yeah, definitely. But, yeah, but anyways, again. Perfect example. This all this rant. Perfect example. Why I don't have that show anymore. I was a complete fucking downer, dude. Well, then so, let's. And that's uh, not who I am. Like you know what I mean. Like I, I I don't like to do that. But it's like this. What that's what this industry does to me. Well, let's move on to the current uh, Thank you. show. <laughs> yeah. Let, I don't want to get you upset or anything. No, no, Although no, I do, I do find good. it I'm, fascinating I'm and. And I really uh, thank you for your take on these things because yeah. it really is quite interesting. It's so new and. Uh, and is still in process for, um, you know, there's some states that haven't legalized. I, I think for me, uh, sorry, just one little note yeah. here, just to, uh, I think the decriminalization of marijuana is so important because yeah. there's so many people who uh, get put in jail for stupid uh, stuff uh, like that. And uh, so this is a good way. I mean, we have to get power through all this in order to get to the point where we don't have folks just going to jail willy nilly for, yeah. you know, having stuff. So uh, anyway, that's my little dot on everything. Let's move over to UFO. No. Yes. Um, and uh, talk about that. So you, you said, uh, you know, I'm tired of, of uh, being angry, uh, talking to people about cannabis. So guess what? I'll talk about UFO stuff right. or right. conspiracy stuff. Yeah. So what, what, when that when you made that switch over to that, right? What was your? I mean, was there anything else on the list that you crossed off? No, not really. I mean, it was. I mean, I guess you know, I did the the basic market research, which was kind of look at uh, everybody knew true crime podcasts were big, but 
again, that's a very dark topic and it's kind of a niche thing. And so um, when it comes to UFOs and, you know, basically the reason why it's called UFO No is simply because I think everything's connected. And and so that's where it allows me to be able to venture out into the supernatural, the paranormal, um, the fringe topics like conspiracies and whatnot, because so much is tied together. I kind of have a running joke on the show that almost every episode Nazis get brought up because <laughs> it all there's a lot of shit that ties back to the Nazis. And but it's kind of a running joke because, I mean, it's it never fails. It, it could be we're talking about the ancient world UFOs and stuff. We end up talking about Nazis. Uh, you know, if we're talking about the modern UFO topic, it ends up going back to Nazis. Uh, it's just really fascinating. And um, so that's just kind of evolved on that. That basic premise has stayed. But the show itself, all the topics around it, my own opinions about things have formulated through the course of the show. If you start listening, I'm a balls deep believer. Uh, but now you listen and I'm a, I'm very much a skeptic. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and yeah, having participated. Yeah. I was surprised, uh, how skeptical you are sometimes yeah. on these things. Yeah. So, but so then you, you're like, okay, I don't want to do a true crime thing. So let's yeah. do a UFO thing. Well, I and, had a blind friend real, I, real quick. I had to tell you this story. Oh, sure. How we came up, how we came up with the name. So uh, it was like a band meeting. Right. And I do. I treat it like band practice. Like if we don't rehearse, if we don't do it, we're not doing our job. Like we're not trying mm -hmm. to get better. You know, if you don't do it, you don't get better. So I very much treat it like like band practice. And so I'm always working on it. I'm always working on things. And uh, so I'm sitting around. I had originally on the show, I had my friend Blind Mike. Um, and I've called him that forever because he's blind. And uh, and he's so, actually blind. Well, he's like legally blind, but like really fucking blind, right? So he can he can do amazing things. He's a very talented guy. He used to skateboard and uh, play the amazingly play the shit out of Guitar Hero. But mm -hmm. you put him in a dark room, and he's 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 useless. And so, anyways, amazing. But, but you know, we've been friends for a long time. And he, again, very opinionated asshole. So I thought, well, this is perfect. And wow. uh, so we're sitting around and we're going, uh, so what are we going to name the show? And uh, and Blind Mike says, oh, we should name it. Oh, no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, I said, that's ah, too long. What if we just go UFO? No. And, and there it was. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, Blind Mike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somewhere no, in good space. Uh, he he has been kidnapped and he's in space and they have been threatening to anal probe him at any moment. Uh, so we're on a rescue. He'll never know if it's a dark room until it right. happens. That's he'll right. Never know, he'll never see it coming. That's he'll never sure. feel it. That's right. As a blind person, they have no <laughs> anal feeling whatsoever. He'll never know. Well, at least he won't see it. Coming yes, at he'll him, never so see it coming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Reach for the stars. Were you drinking a cup of soup in there? What the hell's going no, on? No, no. It's there? just a giant mug for coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so UFO, it's a good, a great name. Thank you. I can't believe that somebody has UFO no podcast.com. You <laughs> yeah. have .net. Yeah. Well, I think it was more price for me than, oh, than okay. else. I think the .com was a bit spendier than the .net. And so I was like, again, I'm a cheap bastard. Okay. So I was like, I'm going. Well, the that. network kind of works with the whole thing as well. The, yeah. the network uh, tag. So that's good too. Yeah. It's all right. That's, it's interesting 
So then, so you're going to do this. So it was Blind Mike originally going to be like a co-host or something? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. It was me, Blind Mike, and a friend of mine that did, only lasted two episodes, which was uh, my friend Lucas Dixon. We called him Dr. Dixon. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but anyways, we, we, you know, his thing was the only reason, the reason why he only lasted two episodes is we could sit in a room and I don't know if you've ever met anybody like this, but I worked in radio before too. And so I would meet a lot of people to just clam up on the mic, but he could be in a room and talk perfectly fine. But the moment he got in front of a microphone, he went full retard. And, and <laughs> it was, it was unreal, man. And, uh, you know, so I thought he'll get over it. You know, we did a first episode, but dude, the way he taught, he basically, it's like his brain went numb. He could not, he, all he could do, and I love you, Lucas, if you're listening to this, I love you, <laughs> but all he could do was take what you said, reformulate it, and then spit it back out. And, Ooh. and that, so that's really all, which, hey, that's great, you know, but it's like, you know, so it's like he a play by play out. guy. He's he just play figured by out because <laughs> I think he realized like he wasn't adding much. He was just regurgitating what we were saying. And oh, me and Mike funny. were rapid fire, you know, we were. And oh. so anyways, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. Oh, but anyways, well, that was I the feel bad for and... the guy. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You're right. There is some, uh, there is some, you know, uh, chromosome or something that some folks have where they can just keep going and going where some people, if you have any type of, uh, you know, technology in front of them, they just like deer in the headlights. So. Oh, yeah. And I had a lot yeah. of people, I mean, working in radio, man, I'd have people that they could read a script, no problem. But the yeah. moment they get in front of a mic, it was it was the craziest thing. Yeah, I wonder why. I don't know. I, it's I'm like not, stage uh, fright. Like it's that. kind of a yeah. stage fright type thing. Hmm. Bad experience yeah. in childhood. Possibly their inner monologue wasn't functioning, so... Maybe, maybe they don't like big things in front of their face. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the. Uh, yeah, isn't it funny how what microphones? Uh, you think they would make the shape different after a while because it really doesn't need to be that shape. No, look, uh, I've never felt more comfortable. I've never felt more comfortable than having a phallic <laughs> thing uh, near my chin. So no, it puts me right at home. Oh my goodness. So then you started. So how many how many episodes are you into now at this point? Uh, we just laid down this morning one forty eight. Wow, hey, yeah. good deal. And that and when did when did the uh, what's the start date on this? Yeah, it was February twenty twenty. As you can see, I've done a really good job of my background. Uh, oh no, research. no, 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 not at all, dude. <laughs> not at all. I don't expect you to know all this shit. Uh, I mean, I barely know it. Uh, no, it's I had to bone up on my own start date. I knew you were going to ask me. Oh, like, well, because it's know. part of the it's part of the deal here, right? I, I always say question. anytime I've, I've used this line forever when I work jobs and I do the same thing for the podcast. When people say, "How long you've been doing it?" I said, "I treat it like jail time. I don't count the days." Uh, <laughs> you know, you know. I just so I just I just do my time, man. And so no, I had to look back. And with uh, February 2020 was our first. Uh, oh, okay. Episode, so, yeah. Well, that's cool. The uh, so do you do seasons? Like some people no. say, I did a season. No, no, too lazy. Yeah, because no. well, I don't know what a season is. That was always my I mean, problem. Either. I never do season. No, and I do I'm a like, year. I don't, I don't do topic. Uh, like you know, uh, to me, a season is like you're covering kind of a storyline, and then you go to another storyline, you know, and I'm like, we're not going to do that at all. You know, no, I, no, it's no. the other thing is like a lot of times when you do seasons, there's some expectation that there's going to be some new improved something. And then I'm like, I can't guarantee that. 
<laughs> I, can, I can barely keep my shit together enough to produce uh, episodes weekly, let alone like give you a new intro or, you know, whatever right. the fuck. I'm no, no, too much. Pressure. Yeah, no, I, I've never understood it because the season doesn't, it doesn't, in, in this situation, doesn't seem to mean anything. I mean, I think it's literally, I could I say, I have 1,300 yeah. seasons because every show is its own season. There you go. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A season is uh, is uh, an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, what ha- it, it, it's it's nonsensical in this in that sense because it's not like network television yeah. or exactly. uh, you don't do, and, and no radio. I mean, have you ever heard of a radio show doing a season? No, and I think what it is, is it is this idea that they are going to do off time. You know, that's what it makes me think. When I see a podcast that does seasons, the mm. first thing I think of is, well, I wonder what months they're not going to do this podcast, you know, because that would make more sense if they True. like, you know, took three months off, which to me, though, is like I the consistency is kind of key in this with podcasting, yeah, you know, I unless so. you... I mean, unless you're one of those that throws down like three, four, five episodes a week, you know, you got to have a pretty big library to afford to take three months off if you're doing a podcast, at least in my opinion. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. That's weird. I just I always hear people say season and I'm like, what? Give us, you know, give us the equation. What the fuck is a season for you? You know what I mean? (laughs) Is it I woke up this morning and I go to bed? That's a season. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it, it's bizarre to me. I mean, it's uh, episodes make sense, years make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know this this whole idea of a season. I just like get your take on it because uh, I've yeah. never understood it. So yeah, I don't understand it either. Like I said, I think it's it's basically to allow the content creators to dictate how many you know the con more. I I guess I don't really. I don't know. I guess it's different <laughs> marketing. It's a different way to market it. And uh, I guess, but everybody, maybe so. everybody's got their own thing. So it's like, hey, whatever, man, if you want to do seasons, do seasons. But but I think they're putting pressure on themselves because a new season, there's new stuff. Right. There's got to be some, you got to bring, bring back Blind Mike. Episodes. I mean, heck, you got to tell Blind Mike he's got to show up for the next season. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He just beams down from Zuckerberg. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. What do you mean? I'm not That's right. That. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then, um, so you, I mean, you've had. I was just listening to, and I'm, I'm uh, totally be a jerk here because I can't remember the guy's name. But you just had a gentleman on um, the other day who was obviously from another part of the world. Oh, uh, Faison Ali. But there you go. I could not remember his name. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's great. No, I it's apologize. okay. He's he's really the only like foreign country guy, aside from uh, you know maybe a couple of Brits that I've had mm-hmm. on the past, but otherwise, yeah, he's, he's the most uh, exotic person I've had on the show. Now I couldn't, I don't know that I grokked that he, is he actually in India perhaps or someplace I see, like that? I'll be honest with you and Faison, I love you. So don't take this wrong. I don't know, but oh, okay. <laughs> I always say he's in Pakistan only cause I have no idea. And I, I feel like that's right. Well then, I shouldn't uh, have said India because I don't think they uh, get along. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he cares. We've we've had a number of cultural uh, talks about peace and love, and so he's he's not about the uh, the, uh, the the tribalism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so you're good. You're well, good there. I I thought it was fascinating. Anyway, I didn't. Uh, you know, I have a problem with names anyway. So the only reason yeah. I knew your name was because it was uh, on the screen for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm saying. And. Right uh, 
but I, I found it fascinating to get such a different uh, take on things, especially yeah. having, you know, had conversations with you myself, that it was really interesting to hear what other parts of the, you know, people in other parts of the world think, because we're so, U.S. is so U.S. centric, yeah. Right. You know, we it, it, the other world doesn't exist to most people, I would uh, assume, oh, yeah. at least from the way we you know interact and so forth. And so to have that, you know, brought into the mix uh, was very, um, you know, uh, it was very enlightening, really. I mean, it was really quite good. And Thank I was you. wondering, so how, how did you meet up with this guy if yeah, he's actually, somewhere else in the world? Yeah, I found him. um on my other podcast, which was the Beginner's Guide to Cannabis. Oh, really? So he was he talked about that and he come over and talk about this then, huh? Yeah. So I same same principle as I was reaching out to people to have guests on and see if I could get other perspectives. Um, because I I'm all about that. I feel like, you know, the most times I learn is through watching or listening to other people and their perspectives on things and then digesting that and kind of assimilating into my own beliefs or structures or also like, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. So ditching it, you know, but um, with him, I reached out, he reached out to me and we had a phenomenal conversation about different cultural uses of cannabis mm -hmm. and uh, in everything from spirituality to regular daily, you know, custom use. And, uh, and so it was really cool. And then, man, it was like, two years later, I guess he hit me up out of nowhere. And he was like, Hey, uh, you know, I was wondering if you're still doing that podcast. And I said, well, I'm doing a podcast, but now it's all about aliens. And, and so he said, <laughs> I can do aliens. And I was like, well, let's do it. So, um, he said, Hey, yeah, go figure. Well, the beautiful thing about the reason why I like the format, which I think you guys have a very similar format, which is pretty free flow. Yes. But with us is like, it allows me to, like, I guess, fit to any topic fit or, or conversation style is like, we can just jump on and have a conversation and it makes it so easy. And so, um, so yeah, it's just, and it, I, I have a really easy time just kind of talking to people. So that's what I like to do. And, and, uh, so we, yeah, what you saw, I think that was the second time he's been on the UFO show and, yep. um, and uh yeah he was in the first season and you brought him back for the next one that's right that's right <laughs> round two uh but no he's just you know he's like uh he was a sports journalist he's done a lot of different things and traveled around a lot and so his his perspective on travel and the world and culture because his culture i mean some of the stuff like the gin um mm -hmm. that he talks about is is fascinating oh yeah fascinating. the the gin is a is a big deal yeah, it's a big, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's it's people get really upset about it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like regular kind of regular folks. I mean, here, yeah. you know, you have a conversation about ghosts or something, and either people are into it or they think you're wacky. Yeah. Um, but nobody's going, oh, don't talk about that. You don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, unless it's I mean, Ouija boards. Everybody gets weirded out by Ouija. Well, boards, Ouija but, boards. Skinwalker yeah. would probably be the closest thing that uh in the states i think that has uh you know native uh americans don't like to talk about skinwalker yeah yeah um they, they get all like eh, that's right i don't want to talk about it yeah um, but the gin over there is kind of like that right so then you don't want to talk about the gin or be involved in anything with the gin yeah it's interesting because like over here in the u.s 
it's kind of lumped in with genies, which they do have yeah. similar characteristics, obviously. Like a genie is a very mm -hmm. cartoon version of a gin you know it's yeah, this like gene um, that pops out gives you wishes and and oh you better be careful what you wish for there's a moral at the end of this you know but Hannah barbera had a genie i can't remember his name but he goes yapple dapple <laughs> yeah i don't think gins do that but no. uh but uh the the idea of the gin is very much so like a, a deity and like a mischievous god and that not only do you will they give you wishes but like they're out to get your soul right so it's yeah it's all a trickster other, yeah it's this whole other level mm -hmm. to this this idea of a genie is like you don't necessarily you know in the u.s it's like oh i can't wait to find a magic lamp on the beach you know <laughs> but like over there they're like i don't want to fucking find no magic lamp right you exactly. know so anyways, it's, it's, negative, it's very very, very interesting i love the cultural differences and uh and and but, again it's all about perspective and so uh, that perspective on things and you know just like talking to a culture that's so old mm -hmm. or, or i'm sorry people that are from a culture that is so old right right <clears throat> that is to me it's so fascinating because it's not like a, a group of mormons in utah that believe something this is like thousands and thousands of years worth of lore that has been passed down lore maybe based on truth who knows um this passed down to be like in the dna of these people you know mm -hmm. it's it's so ingrained it's that's what's really fascinating about it and so when you talk to somebody like Faison who has had certain experiences to me that is so much more impactful with somebody who's like you know, very, very well known, you know, knows that culture so well. And mm -hmm. so anyways, it's very interesting. But also I have the whole conversation about belief and and the, if it's in the culture, it's in the zeitgeist. And we know about, you know, manifestation through belief and all this type of stuff. And so there's that whole argument as well. Yeah, it's just wild. But getting that different cultural uh, aspect to this topic, UFO topic, is really uh, something that you don't, you know, I should say you don't see it in the sense of talking to people from the culture. They love to pull in any other culture's UFO thing. If you watch uh, ancient aliens yeah. or any of that kind of stuff, the Vimanas, the Vimanas would fly around, you know, and now <laughs> I don't, I don't know that, uh, that, and I believe that the uh, folks in India, you know, believe all that and so forth, but it's like, they're kind of, you know, usurping, their uh, cultural uh, bit there and bringing it into their thing rather well, than like being, you said you know you don't have a lot of the people from the culture talking on the show you have a right. lot of experts that research the culture and then they talk right. about the culture but you know like again i mean i i love to get you know researchers and all that kind of on but but i like the as they say the boots on the ground style which is the people that live in those countries that experience that culture every single day, not just through books, you know, but, but I, I feel like they're going to have such a more flavorful and colorful take on, on the, these experiences than a researcher would read it in a book, you know, yeah. and that's, that's what I really love about it. Now I, I need you just as a, a wish list kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get a rabbi okay, and a priest on the show because of the uh, obviously the religious connotations to ufos uh, 
you know, there's a big uh, aspect of, of this that I think um, isn't being explored greatly out mm-hmm. in the popular culture is, you know, once all this kind of comes to the to the forefront, if it's real, then, you know, are they children of God? Are, are we only the children of God? What's, you know, where do we land on all this now? I don't know. If, have you talked about that before? A little bit. I've talked about, I had a guy on who uh, was a Christian with a faith-based podcast and a really nice guy, but he kind of, he almost kind of uh, catfished me into interviewing him because he made it out (laughs) as though, (laughs) he made it out as though he was a conspiracy guy Mm -hmm. with a conspiracy podcast. And when I got him on, come to find out they never talk conspiracies on their podcast. It's all faith based. And so I was, so my whole thing was, it's so funny. And so, you know, as a person, he was interested in conspiracies, but I would, to be honest, I was running circles around this guy. And, and, but what I did is I took the opportunity. I said, all right, since you catfished me into this, Mm. no holds barred, I'm going to question your faith. And so it was it was a very much so a conversation about how do you believe in God, but yet you're questioning what other people believe about aliens and abductions and all this yeah. stuff. And so my yeah. argument was what I said this to him. I said, what's the difference between you and Susan who gets abducted and meets beings and mm-hmm. she's sent back with a message and feels compelled to share that with strangers? Right. What's yeah. the difference between you and her? And he Nothing. was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And, <laughs> Seriously, and like, never thought yeah. of it. Okay. And I was like, wow, dude. I said, well, to me, the parallels are uncanny. Yeah. You know, like you both believe in a sky daddy of one form or another. It's just theirs mm-hmm. is like a multilingual family and yours mm-hmm. is just dad. And so I I said, I said, you know, to me, it, there's no difference in this whatsoever. It's all based on faith and belief. And so for you to, you know, put your nose up to anybody that believes in aliens for any reason whatsoever, or for other religions for that matter, um, is very funny to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always, uh, that's going to sound terrible. I always tell my kids, you know, if somebody says they believe in God, they got to believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. Because there's no difference. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it it was... I use it more as a uh, example to say, you know, that belief is belief. And until there's proof, then there's just belief. Right. So you can't, you can't make fun of uh, these other folks just because they believe something different because it doesn't matter. It's all the same. Right. And And, that's that's um, the big reason why I don't make fun of people on my show that say crazy things, you know, is, mm -hmm. It's because it's like, what do I know? I, am I really that arrogant to think that that uh, it's not real? It, do I really know that for a fact? No, I don't. And so, right. uh, you know, yeah. I used to be a hardcore atheist as well for a long time. Mm-hmm. And at some point I realized because I believed in aliens, Bob. So here it was. <laughs> I, I believe unbelievable i believe it may happen you never know but yet i didn't i i I was an atheist and one moment i i don't even know what i was doing but i had this realization that i'm like oh my god i'm such a dumbass like i how do i believe in this with no evidence Mm -hmm. but yet 
I'm 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 saying no, there's no possible way God exists without mm. with no evidence to the fact right. that, to disprove it. Same so thing. I'm like, it's the same thing. Mm. And at that moment, I was I, I have been agnostic ever since, which is basically yeah. hey, I just don't know. Most people are, are you know, uh, the irony uh, in most people's lives, they don't even know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's uh, they, they don't like you brought it up to this guy. No, oh, really? I never really thought about it. It's like, how to me, how in the hell could you not think about it? That's, That's what my I thought. thought. Ah, inner monologue. But anyway, yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, it, it really was. I was like, I, I just, the fact that he said that, I was like, dude, really? Like, I just, it never popped in your head, you know? But that's what I told him. I said, the parallels are uncanny, man. Yeah. It's uncanny between what you're talking about and what they're talking about. It, it, it's just, it could be the same. If you just took the words out, it could be the same conversation. Yep, that's right. Uh, the, the, only, the only difference is, I would say, is that lady is not taking money to push her belief. Well, unless she writes a book, but yes. Well, at least she's giving you the book. Yeah, very true. No, that's true. And not handing around a plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just yeah. not just taking it right out of your pocket. And then that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. And getting tax uh, breaks. I, yeah, I have a I have a problem with uh, all the money that's uh, in religion, obviously, oh, me too. for my statements. To, but that's not what we're here for. So, you're, <laughs> so you went from a believer now to being a skeptic. Yeah. So... What would you say? Was there one particular uh, event that that kind of pushed you, or has it been slowly overdoing these uh, shows? Two, Bob. There's two moments that I two can events. I, two two events okay. that I can highlight very effectively. So, one is uh, that over the course of time, I started realizing that you know, when you, when you listen to people behind the scenes, like physicists, and when you talk to, you know, when you hear, not talk to, when I listen to people like Eric Weinstein, you know, who is a physicist that works in these sectors, who's never been shown evidence, even though he's been told he was going to be shown evidence, mm -hmm. um, all these types of things that say, look, there have been work in anti-gravity since the 1930s. So it's very possible that there is some very highly advanced government technology that is behind the scenes that we have no idea about. And TR3B, so TR3B, right? TR3B is, is a very great example. The exact triangular craft that is 600 feet in diameter. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about when people describe a, a football field triangular craft, well, from up high, it's not going to look like it's 600 feet. It's right. going to look like it's probably 100 feet. So I think that's what they're describing. So there's that. There's the fact that over the course of time, the lack of evidence that was continuing to come out and the amount of evidence that our government clearly has some pretty advanced shit. I just started realizing, like, this could very easily be government technology. Right. Uh, and then the one guy I had the most faith in, which was Dr. Stephen Greer. Uh, I followed him uh, and I, I relentlessly make fun of this man now. But... Right. You, you um, used to be a Greer deer. Oh, big time. You could call me a Greer groupie if you want to. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a moment where he had a, he did a video on Instagram where he was no videos of like showing the event, right? This is something that bothers me so much in the UFO community is people with standing 
that get up there and just tell stories with no evidence. You know, mm. we this is an evidence-based endeavor. So if you come to the scene with any story, anything at all, come with some receipts to back it up because otherwise, like there's no business and there's plenty of dipshits doing this, you know, in the Bible belt that you don't need, you don't need people with, with government credentials doing it too. You know, mm. it's like, keep the testimonials out of it. They hear say out of it. So anyway, he puts this on Instagram talking about how he's in a field and mind you, it had this really inspirational music behind it, which sure. is just oh, yeah. gross. And so anyways, he's on Instagram. It's basically up his nose and he's talking about how um, he, it, he was in a field and he's speaking Sanskrit with a number of individuals and they're meditating in this field and a group of bovine, Bob, he said bovine. <laughs> Didn't say well, he is a doctor. He said, No, no excuses. All right. <laughs> Anybody who says bovine needs to have their Achilles heel cut. All right. It's just, <laughs> I hate you immediately. Okay. So, anyways, he says bovine and he says, A group of bovine gathered around us and laid in a circle and meditated with us. That's what he said. Now, I know that Stephen Greer has said some outlandish things before, but this is the one that broke the camel's back. And I was like, dude, no, I don't, you know, I don't approve of the bovine use and I don't approve <laughs> of the, the gratuitous nature of your story with zero evidence to back it up. So after I started taking a very skeptical look at Greer, I found a lot of shenanigans, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of shady shit that I, I didn't like. And so from then on, I was like, you know, Greer, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna poke fun at you until you're on my show where you clean. You shit lost up. your free pass. Yeah, that's right. I would think if I was in the middle of a bunch of bovine laying in a field that it would be uh, noxious. Yeah. They fart constantly, you know. Constantly. 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 How can you focus on anything? There's so much methane, they probably were all knocked out. (laughs) Yeah, they were hallucinating. If it was true, they'd just be like laying there in a heap, like, you know, the the pod people or something. I don't know. It would be crazy to be in a bunch of cows farting away there so yeah it was it was it was really obnoxious and uh to see that and so after that everything i see of him now is just so ridiculous that i just he's it's lost and not only that we're talking about the guy who's calls himself the father of disclosure he's been doing mm-hmm. it for 33 years right, and right. what and 33 years what evidence has he brought forward other than 140, I, I think he's got like 144 people that have come forward to to mm-hmm. tell their stories with no evidence. And then right. another 500 in the pocket that have never even shown their faces. But he uses, he claims that that all counts as evidence. And right. then one time he brought forward a little four to six inch little thing that he claimed was the Atacama mummy or whatever it was. And right. uh, it turned out it was, it was some form of advanced dwarfism. It was a human. Oh, right, right, yeah. I, that little uh Yeah. And it, dude, thing. all over the place, he was saying it was alien. All over the place. And then now, very commonly, now you have the Mexico thing. Where right. They, they just brought out, well, what, two? yeah, Mexico. Ugh. Two alien ha- bodies. Um, they're, they're, the, what the is the Jaime? What's his name? Jamie. Jaime, what's his name? The 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 He's a journalist down there. He was in, involved in this thing recently in Mexico. Oh, yeah, the UFO researcher thing guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his name is. He always has. He's 
he's worse than uh, Giorgio Sukalos. Uh, yeah, he's far well, as just jumping on anything. Oh, aliens, anything. you know. Well, and not only that, the last what was it, 280 miles away from where they supposedly recovered these mummies is where mm-hmm. he supposedly recovered mummies in the past that were turned out to be hoaxes. Right. Yeah. He's 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's he's definitely in a the age of propaganda. Period. He's 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 saving for retirement. He's got to put a little more oh, in the bank. Uh, you know it, dude. He's getting a few little oh, groupies in his pocket. You know, know. he's going to go. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a it just it's terrible because, you know, I just see so many people jump on this shit and they just take everybody's word for it. And it's Mm -hmm. it's really crazy to me. It's really crazy to me. A lot of belief. It is. And I I wonder. So we have those folks now. What do you think as far as you're talking about like a Paul Hellyer, who is a Canadian uh, defense guy? Who's who had actually been part of Greer's panel, I believe, at one point, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he's pretty old at this point. But he mm-hmm. he come out and said uh, he was involved in the '60s and '70s, uh, yeah. where you know the the hard part to stomach is he talks about the Canadian Air Force. But anyway, the uh, uh, <laughs> he he's talking about some things that he had seen at least in the in the bureaucracy of things, not necessarily mm-hmm. with his own eyes, but in the paperwork. Um, so now he's, you know, square guy, public official, you know, Canadian, all very trustworthy, uh, in, in that regard. So what's your take on that? My take on that is that anyone can be deceived. And if you look at, you know, people, people bring it like Richard Dolan is one of these guys. He's a, he's a big figure in the UFO community. Mm -hmm. Great. He does great content. And, you know, the only guy I don't like is Greer. Otherwise, I don't have really anything personally against. I mean, Elizondo, not a fan. Uh, I really absolutely hate Jeremy Corbell. Um, I, you know, so there's a few I really can't stand. He just but, looks real douchey. I oh, think he needs to change his style. I hate that guy so much. <laughs> Anyways, but um, uh, my, my big thing is like, I think a lot of these people have simply been captured uh, because they want to believe. You know, if you, there's a great movie called Mirage Men, and I talk about this all the time. And it's it highlights a guy, guy's name Richard uh, Doty. Richard Doty. He looks yes. like he is a shit-eating, grinnest looking guy I've ever seen in my life. He's so Weasley looking. Absolutely, and he, and, and, he, and he did the whole. Yeah, he is Weasel. He did. I watched that uh, Mirage Man. I've watched that. Oh, you have? Yes, it's great, phenomenal yeah. film. That was. I would say if there was a third thing, that was the third thing. But I was already pretty well convinced that a lot of this stuff was propaganda and disinformation, but that movie really hammered it home. And I highly, highly recommend it to anyone who really feels as though there's no way these people could be captured because this movie does a great job of not being biased. They simply mm-hmm. highlight the methods in which these people, Bill Moore, uh, Richard Doty and several others captured some of the main names. Linda Moulton Howe mm-hmm. uh, is a main huge name when it comes. She broke the whole uh, cattle mutilation thing. Right, cattle and he mutilation breaks down Exactly how they did it, how they mm-hmm. captured her in that film. And so anyways, I, I think that's what's happening a lot. You You have admittedly within the intelligence communities, you have admittedly People that want to believe in this, they believe some pretty out there shit like ghosts and dino beavers. And mm-hmm. so when, when that's the case, those people are easily captured. 
You know, it's the same way that I say that people that are uber patriotic could be very easily captured by people who use nationalism to, to capture that. Not to be against your shirt. You're trying to bring right, right on your side. Yeah, but, exactly. But all I'm saying is, is that, you know, because I love my country, I hate my government. And mm. and the, the, the fact that the government is so deeply involved in this from the very beginning, from the very beginning, we're talking Roswell and before the Kenneth Arnold stuff, all that, mm -hmm. the government has been involved, number one. And so people like to say, like, it's this cover up of aliens and stuff. And I'm like, I think it's a cover up of technology and propaganda. Mm -hmm. So then, so you're uh, Jesse Marcel Roswell, right? Yeah. So he, he, you're thinking that uh, they snowed him into in that situation in order to, uh, you know, keep this under wraps. Basically, he, he found something, right? Yeah. He talks. He talked about it. Talks about seeing old, bodies. Yeah. Talks about uh, touching yeah, them, the material. materials, and all that. Yeah, yeah. and all that good and kind of stuff. I think, look, I think when you're talking about a guy like uh, like Marcel, you're you're dealing with a gentleman who never saw and here it comes. The Nazis never saw Nazi advanced technology in World War. Never saw it, never knew about it, never knew about. I bet you if you asked him about Operation Paperclip, he didn't know about right. that. So, well, yeah, so probably not because it wasn't. Not. But he he was uh, he was, uh, you know, sectioned off into the you know, the bomb, he was, they were part of the Enola Gay uh, arsenal that went over mm -hmm. and bombed Japan. Yeah. So, you know, look, I, and this is not to discredit anyone that served. I'm not discrediting their military service or anything like that, but in, in the Mirage men film, they specifically highlight that they target belief and patriotism. Uh, mm -hmm. Paul Benowitz is a great example of this. That's exactly why they were able to capture him. He already believed in UFOs and aliens, mm -hmm. uh, which I believe that aliens are out there. I just don't know that they're in our atmosphere. And mm -hmm. and um, and and his nationalism, because he was a patriot, they were able to convince him that due to national security, they needed him to keep it quiet. Sure. And not tell anybody that it was aliens and UFOs. And so yeah. I, that's what they do a lot of times. And so. In the, in the case of Marcel and a lot of these people that come before, I think there, there was a possibility of things that he saw. Uh, around the same time in Roswell, you had what was called uh, Operation Sunshine, Project Sunshine. Right, I'm sorry. Right. Which is, uh, it was a, a, you know, high altitude testing, radiation, high altitude sickness, all these things. It's known that they were kidnapping American Japanese and Japanese homeless women, children, diseased, mentally ill people, and putting them in these balloons and launching them in the atmosphere to test real life effects on the bodies. Now, what happens at high altitude and space? The eyes start to bulge. The head starts to bulge. These people are already emaciated. They're children. So what is Marcel going to see when he comes back and looks in the desert? And what's he seeing? Thin, spindly arms, Mm -hmm. tiny body, large heads, big eyes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's atmosphere radiation effects. And it could be, could be. Could and, be. But uh, it's it's like, certainly totally plausible. Absolutely. So I think if we're using the court system's bar of judgment, it brings reasonable doubt into the fact that it is, uh, it is aliens and, and, uh, you know, extraterrestrial technology, as opposed to, well, some, some hand-me-down technology, captured technology from the Nazis 
the Nazi bell, perhaps something like that. The Foo Fighter type thing, energy craft, whatever it was, the Glock, exactly. Um, <laughs> and and filled with uh, uh, these Japanese prisoners. And so you have that put together. Well, now you've got a guy who's like, I've never seen technology like this, like most mm -hmm. average Americans wouldn't have. He's going to see bodies that he's never seen like that before. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's it could be, I'm not saying it is, but I think it could be a case of mistaken identity. And then he was simply told it is aliens. It is UFOs. Mm -hmm. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what uh, makes me on the other side of it, do you think that there really is there any stories or things that you've read that you believe? Yes, this is something. Yeah, Bob. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Travis Walton case, the fire in the sky. Oh right, yeah, we talked yeah. about that actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I legitimately. Uh, that's an incredibly compelling case. Yeah, but anything other than, I mean, any other ones besides Travis Walton. That you're like, okay, that that's got to be good. That's got to be something. Um, I agree with you on Travis Walton too. By the way, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it's incredibly compelling. I mean, it, you know, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, really, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, to, oh, okay. not not to be a not to be a, a. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that'll be like, wow, that's crap. I can't believe it doesn't believe. But you know, the thing is, is like, look, when you look at the the evidence that backs up a lot of these other cases you simply have like stories. That's it. Right. You know, yeah. you have, I mean, there's the Zimbabwe one where you have a lot of these kids right, the that kids, saw yeah. something, but man, Australia you so had the many, same thing. Yeah. You have so was many people. It was, it was crazy, but you yeah. had a lot of people, especially you had immediately UFO researchers descend upon these kids. Mm. And, and if you take into account any type of LL, NLP action, that was taking place, you know, neuro-linguistic programming mm -hmm. um, that could have taken place with these researchers to lead these kids into those conclusions. I, I think it's very, it's highly likely. So then why, so why is it still secret? Why, if we go the other way and we say it's mm -hmm. military, why, why is it still secret at this point? Why don't we utilize it, you know, to its fullest potential and end some of these silly skirmishes that are going on? Well, because the government are shiesty bastards. And so what it is, is, <laughs> is you, you have, they're not going to show you because that would mean that they would have to acknowledge that they are using advanced technology right now. It's a rumor and a whisper. You know, it's, it, we, 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 it's, it's basically the same argument as the aliens is we don't have a lot of evidence that it is the government, just like we don't have a lot of evidence that it is aliens. But I think if we're going with what's more probable, well, if you line up, the government has used these tactics before, um, then it's, it's, to me, it's highly, it's much more probable that it's a local, uh, domestic problem as opposed to a foreign one. Um, but I, I think, I think they are using these things. I think they're, you, you know, I mean, not, I, I get a little woo woo here, but same, same argument is there is compelling evidence. They're using energy weapons. There's compelling mm -hmm. evidence that they're manipulating the weather. There's compelling evidence that oh, you're on the harp array, uh, bandwagon. That's right. There's compelling yeah. evidence that they are using satellites to manipulate all kinds of energies. Um, there's all kinds of compelling evidence to suggest that they are using the te te technologies, but 
you know, going to the Arthur C. Clarke quote, which is any significantly right. advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I think it's so outside of the box that we that the majority of the people cannot grasp that it's actually taking place. And I so, think a lot of it is also taking place in, excuse me, in space. Yeah, Morocco is pretty pissed right now uh, talking about harp. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just had a big earthquake uh, in yeah. Morocco. Not that well, and, and there was ago. a Japanese. Um, I can't remember if it was a, a, a general or who it was that was that was accusing the United States. There was some crazy space plane called the X at uh, twenty nine or X seven mm-hmm. something or other, um, right. and that he was saying that every time this ship took off, there was a tsunami. Or every time the ship took off, there was an earthquake somewhere. Or right. so, so there are people that are talking about this stuff, but it's immediately, it's either never in the media or mm-hmm. it's completely brushed off as conspiracy and, and fake. And that's where it dies. And, and then it becomes chemtrails and, you know, and all the stuff that may or may not be. Um, but as we go on, things start to come out that, oh, no, this is actually high, much more you know, likely, you know, like all of a sudden they're saying, well, yeah, we're spraying the shit in the atmosphere, but it's not what you think. <laughs> right. You know, so you're, on, so you're on the chemtrail bandwagon then Do you say chemtrails. Uh... Well, I don't like to use that word because it's, it's been so misused for so long um, that, but you know, NASA came out and said, we are spraying shit in the air, but it's, mm-hmm. they legitimately said we're spraying shit in the air, but it's not, chemicals it's not this you know but then you have circumstantial evidence that shows up in soil samples that show forever chemicals mm-hmm. that are in the soil you know in uh forests and things like that so i mean it's very clear you know that that there there's some shenanigans afoot <laughs> so then uh where do you land on space well now that legitimately they call it space force but i believe yeah. uh personally space force has been around at least since the 80s oh i agree with you 100% um, on that. but uh, it's not earlier if not earlier exactly yeah. maybe yeah, even yeah. well space force probably uh was it 73 was our last uh moon mission yeah uh, supposedly uh, i i don't even know about the moon landing bob <laughs> I'm so lost I, now. These I days. would I, say S- Space Force came into existence right after the last moon mission. So yeah, that I, would be I, that's I, my I, uh, my uh, logic tells me that that happened because there's absolutely no sense to do all those moon missions and then stop doing the moon missions after you've made so much progress. The, the, the makes more sense to say, oh, we stopped doing the moon missions because we've now turned it over to be a military operation and we yeah. don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, actually, by the way, uh, I, I was been wanting to tell you this. So I was talking to my wife the other day about the – they have the Hubble telescope and then yeah. now you have the James Webb telescope. Yeah. And we were talking about those and, you know, the pictures and everything. And I go, wait a minute. Those aren't – telescopes those are weapons yeah because what they are any good military operation has to have visuals right yep and so those are looking out into space uh and there's there's probably something else involved that's not just a telescope oh i yeah i agree i i don't think there's (laughs) anything in space that is one thing i right it makes no sense to put something to go to that much trouble the hundreds of millions of dollars that these satellites run to make it just surveil the climate or just, right. you know, 
just take pictures of of galaxies. No, 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 no. It's it's a very we have you know, this goes into very much so speculation land because we'll never know. We'll, well, never know. we'll we'll know if it ever gets used in in yeah. public facing situation. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we won't know until well, you may not even know if it happens then because they'll try to, to say it's something else. But uh yeah. um yeah, no, I'm like, why would they do that? And and in my head it just clicked. I'm like, no, those are siding devices for weapons. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, look, you know, you have those weapons going from a very infantry type thing. You have people that can hold a radar gun on a target mm -hmm. right. um and that, that brings down artillery. And so mm -hmm. I think very similar to what's going on is there's these very long distance lasers that we know that mm -hmm. they can use. And, uh, and so you could, you could launch that motherfucker out as far as you want. <laughs> and so right. it doesn't even look like you're targeting anything. You know, it yeah. looks like you're just taking pictures of the, of the galaxy and really mm -hmm. you could, you could highlight whatever you want. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. I don't think I've heard that anywhere else yet. And that's why I was kind of flipped in my head and I thought, oh, I should talk to you about this. Yeah, because, no, I, uh, I definitely Because uh, I don't think I have, but uh, I think that uh, – so what about moon bases? Are you in on moon bases or no? We're yeah, going to wrap oh, it up yeah. here. I know I've got a, a lot of your time here. So. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I absolutely believe that. I, I believe that uh, – that, look, again, I believe and I don't believe. I mean, mm -hmm. it's because I can't, I don't know. I have to land on, I don't know. And, and I, I'm very skeptical of belief and faith. So, mm -hmm. so my whole thing is like, if I say I believe something without evidence, I'm falling for the trap. So <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of lean on, I, I think that there are, I think there's very compelling evidence that there are bases on the moon. Um, but I, I think there's some very compelling evidence that there could be a lot going on on Mars, too, that we have no idea about. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at what China is doing, I mean, they're trying to go to Jupiter and shit. Um, right. You know, these countries. They better watch out. You know, there was a movie about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, there, it, it's interesting because there's certain news articles that have come out sh saying that, you know, the U.S. and China are, uh, are, are in arguments about one spot on the moon. You know, and it's like, wait, right. you have an entire... Uh, you know, orbital satellite that you can pick anywhere on it you want, but because the lighting and the vista is so nice, you got to have that one spot, and you're going to battle China for it. What the it's fuck? It's like lakefront property. This yeah, is where all the money's going to be made on the moon. Is right here because see, you can see the Earth yeah. coming up, and yeah, I think everybody's going to want to be here. I think it's that it's already crowded. <laughs> that could be, you know, because otherwise, that why would you need you know, why would you need to battle China for one spot? Go 200 miles the other way, man. You got right. plenty of room, supposedly, you know, but it's like, there. no, it's, but uh, no, I think there's a lot more, you know, going back to the space force thing. Yeah. I think there's so much more going on in space um, than we will ever know. By the time we find out, it'll be 50 years beyond that. And, uh, and they, you know, I, I say all the time, you know, project blue beam, this whole idea that there could be a staged alien invasion and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like um, they might use holograms, but at this point they've talked about mining asteroids. They've talked about mining the moon. They've talked about these things, which means if they're talking about it, chances are they're doing it. And right. if that's the case, you're not going to have any idea if it's a mining ship or an alien spaceship. Right. 
You know, like unless they put USS, not an alien ship on the side, you know, like how are you going to know it's not an alien spaceship that's coming through the atmosphere? You know, like let's let's take the TR-3B, as we said, 600 mm -hmm. feet, you know, diameter. Um, well, shit, man, that comes through the atmosphere looking like a spaceship instead of what mm -hmm. we know that it looks like. And uh, and you've got an alien invasion. I, I've got a uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a, a documentary called UFO over Illinois oh, uh, with, with Peter Jennings, who used to be the I like Peter, Jennings. Peter Jennings used to be the uh, ABC uh, news anchor. Yes. Yeah. He did this documentary on a UFO that went over uh, near St. Louis, where I'm at, uh, went from Highland, Illinois, down uh, all the way to the river. Uh, past Columbia, Illinois, and was spotted by three police officers who all described the same thing, as well as a bunch of other people. Uh, it's one of the most well-documented UFO sightings at that time, and I think it was 2000, 2001-ish. Um, anyhow, UFO over Illinois, you got to watch it just because yeah. it's really interesting. And it, it, it takes the, you know, kind of nightline slash dateline approach to the subject back then. Yeah. So what what people should be doing now, and and some are, to the subject of UFOs, it was happening back in in uh, the early two thousands. So yeah, uh, I it was I find it fascinating not only because I know all the places that they're talking about, uh, you know, I've been there, uh, and go there on a regular basis, but also because of the, the nature of the the sighting and so forth, and and the fact that there is a Air Force base in this area, and they denied yeah. knowing anything. Yeah, exactly. And, and they didn't even, they didn't factor. see it and it was not on radar. They didn't know anything about it. They didn't want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big so, factor is, you know, this, this idea that there's a lot of them take place around military bases. And I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, a lot of people point to, oh, it's because the aliens are watching over us to make sure the military doesn't go too far. It's like, really? Or, no. it, or could it be that it's actually government technology? And the reason why it's over military bases is because that's where they're coming from. Yeah, I, I got another uh, plant, another thought for you here. Yes, so have you ever yes. noticed if you look on a map, a lot mm -hmm. of Air Force bases are adjacent to public airports? Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Yes. Yeah. I think we talked about this. Oh, maybe I already brought it up then. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think, no, not this time, but I think towards the tail end of our episode when we did. Last oh, that's time, right. Yeah. I think I used it as a airport. teaser, didn't I? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, there is. And so if you go look for it, which makes no sense whatsoever, it makes absolutely zero sense why why a U.S. Air Force base would want to have anything public next to it. But if you look on the map, it happens again and again and again and again and again. There's a U.S. Air Force base, public airport right next door. Yeah. Well, literally, you can look through the fence. <laughs> uh, honestly yeah. it is crazy but I'll, I'll tell you another little secret uh as well a lot yeah. of the air force base stuff is not above ground oh yeah oh i agree definitely definitely yeah, yeah. oh yeah they're they're the the dumbs the deep underground military bases there's, yes there's a lot of that shit going on there's like 180 something that we, that we know of or some crazy crazy mm. number like that but you know, going back to the idea of the uh, the military bases next to airports, you know, my, my biggest counter to because I, I hear this all the time. Anytime I I listen to one of the talking heads in ufology, 
they always say the same thing, which is, well, why would the government just fly the, if it is them, why would they fly them around our own planes? How irresponsible. And I just bring up, I'm like, well, the Tuskegee experiments were right, pretty irresponsible. irresponsible. <laughs> the, the American Japanese concentration camps were very irresponsible. So my thing is this, is I'm like, okay, here, hypothetically, Let's say you are a government entity or your defense contractors or whatever. You got some crazy shit that you want to test, but you want to get the enemy perspective on these craft. Now, you can do one of two things. You can fly it in enemy airspace in which you risk the chance of them finding out it's you and starting war. Or you can fly it around your own people and you're getting the exact same data with zero risk aside from your own planes, which you're already printing money to pay for. So with that being said, there's zero risk and all reward to flying classified technology around operational airspace as opposed to doing it around enemy airspace. So the Fravor uh, sighting, the Ryan Graves testimonials, I think things like this, I think it's highly probable that it's government craft because you are going to, who are they going to report it to? They're going to report Mm -hmm. it right back to the people that are putting it out. Mm -hmm. So it's real time data brought back immediately. It's controlled. It's a controlled experiment. Yeah. I I would, I would actually say that there's no enemies. Uh, Have there, has there ever been a time when we haven't been since the space race? right since the uh space race that we have not been involved with russia as it pertains yeah. to space and ever China. even now even now you're absolutely right you're we, absolutely we have a war right. in the ukraine but we still cooperate with the russian space folks. you're absolutely and and china as well china just yeah. now was mentioning hey we're getting the fuck out of here you know but until now i believe it was china russia and the u.s were up there in the iss mm-hmm yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you there. You're, you're absolutely right. You bring up a good point that are there anything as enemies? But you know, again, I just to me, if you have a if you have an air force base and you have a bunch of planes coming in and out, and you're going to get real time data, well, now you're going to have pilots that are giving you that data directly to the base. Yeah, that's who's true. flying. That's a good and point. So so that's my argument. Is like it makes far more sense. To do it that way, because again, there's there other than the money it costs to replace a plane, there there's no risk. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean they don't mind if they lose a few and no. this and that. It all like happens. Said, they're, you know, they're printing out money like a motherfucker. They don't. Right. They don't yeah. care. They don't, they don't care. care. No. Yeah, it's all funny money. Yeah. So, so so that argument that they wouldn't put their own people, you know, Fravor has said that. Fravor has said those words. You know, somebody asked him, well, do you think it could be secret government tech? Well, no. First of all, he said, I'm very aware of what's in our inventory. It's like, oh, you do? You do, (laughs) Fravor? You think you're in the know that much? No disrespect to a top ace pilot. But I'm telling you, dude, if I don't care if you're in Top Gun. I don't care if you're the Top Gun of Top Gun. You're not in the know of what's coming out of Lockheed Skunk Works. You're not in the know of what's coming out of DARPA. You're not in the know of what's in the deep, dark recesses of the government. No fucking way, dude. So mm-hmm. to me, it's the same arrogance as a spiritual guru telling you they talk to aliens. It's it's the exact same. It's like, I know, I'm aware, I, I can't be fooled. It's like, dude, I, I don't, mm-hmm. again, no disrespect to the talent 
and the expertise that it takes to be an ace pilot. But any Top Gun pilot will tell you it is so hard to see things from the air. There's mistaken identity like crazy in the air. People have people have formed around buoys in the ocean, not knowing it was a buoy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, no shit. So it's like, yeah. dude, you're you're telling me that from a thousand miles away, no shit, a thousand miles away, you know that it's it's not anything you have in your inventory. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah, I had a weird experience. I, I went to Hawaii last year and I saw a cruise ship as we were flying to Hawaii down in the ocean. Isn't that crazy? That is unbelievable. <laughs> I took a picture of it. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But it's but so small, you can just barely tell. But anyway. Was it the size of a football field and had no form means of propulsion? <laughs> this is a tiny little thing. The, maybe I'll use that for show art. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, so, it just, what's yeah. next for uh, UFO? No, I mean, uh, obviously, we're not on season. So, what? Uh, yeah. What is our? What's the next? Uh, I, you said you wanted to get Greer as a as a guest. Is there any other uh, A list? You know, UFO guests that you want to get? Oh, I'll pick a fight with anybody. So yeah, I want to. I want to get them all on. I want Christopher Mellon on. I want Lou Elizondo on. I, but the truth is, is they will never come on my. I've re, I've actually gotten a response back from Greer, not from mm -hmm. Greer, his team, I should say. Right. Yeah. Um, because I People. reached out very early on with a very sincere letter of, uh, of saying, hey, I'd love to have Stephen Greer on to, you know, um, pick his brain on these things. You go over his career and his journey and blah 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 blah. And uh, the first thing they did is they asked me for my numbers. And, uh, so I just wrote uh. back not big enough and, uh, and, uh, that that's it. And so I figure, well, eventually once I get up there, because, you know, obviously he does podcasts, mm -hmm. um, but he only does the big ones. And so, right. um, yeah. I'm like, well, maybe someday, but, uh, for now I'm just going to keep calling him out until he comes on the show and he actually, the, things up. you, you just actually provided more proof than anything. Uh, that this is is a uh, is a business for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Because if he was about getting the message out, numbers would not be the question. Absolutely. And that's what you, dude. I I've had people that were that will said, "Oh, I'll be on your show for seventy five dollars an hour," and I was like, <laughs> "Go suck a dick." I was Seriously, like, I don't even make seventy five. What the fuck are you talking you. about, man? You know, or or these people. Like, I've known people that were charging two hundred dollars for an interview. You know, and it's like, well, dude, yeah. you know, I I get I get that there's a point where you have your your time is valuable. I understand mm -hmm. that. You know, my time is valuable as well. But as you said, to me, it it is it is almost contrary to the the idea of disclosure is that, you know, why are you not willing to simply showcase your information? And, you know, like we put out on our show that, hey, if you like us, support us, you know, but I don't do sponsorships. I don't do anything like that. And so I'm kind of the same. I, I think the same way is like, why are you trying to, you know, like, why are you trying so hard to monetize the truth? Right, right. And that's what I don't really get. Then right, as soon as you're monetizing uh, something like that, then it's not it, it changes it. It's the yeah. uh, it's a Schrodinger's cat situation. Once you yes. <laughs> once you do so, once you uh, you know open the box, it's it's something else entirely. Especially exactly. uh, when money gets involved and so forth. So yeah, and I'm not against the money. I'm not against monetizing it, but 
you know, to 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 restrict your knowledge to two hundred dollars an hour or seventy five dollars an hour is just and really all they're doing is coming on and telling you a story. It's not it's not coming with pictures, videos, because if they had any of that, they fucking show it. So it's not <laughs> it's not coming with any of that. It's coming with hearsay. And it's like I don't pay for rumors, dude. Unfortunately, like, they, they can't because Jeremy Corbell slaps his name at the bottom of the screen. So that's why I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> I just well, don't like him. Don't like him, dude. And Jeremy Thanks. Corbell, if you're out there, dude, I really do hate you. So if you'd love to come <laughs> on my show and I'll tell you to your fucking face, I'll do it, Corbell. I'll do it. Yeah, I can't. I I can't give you any. Uh, definite affirmation that he listens but uh, okay. you never know I'll find him one way or another Bob. <laughs> well ben thank you so much for taking time with me today and yeah. uh and everybody ufo no podcast.net uh you. you know and uh go listen it's very fascinating obviously we we ventured into that territory a little bit here yeah. uh but uh it's much more in depth and much more uh uh you know, lots more ideas that float around. So you gotta, you gotta listen to it. A lot of deep dives into topics. Yeah. A lot of deep dives. So yeah, everybody take a listen to it and uh, thanks Ben. And we'll see everybody next time. Thank you very much.